Our scripture lesson for this morning is Matthew 25, verses 31 through 40. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all of the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All of the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. As he puts his sheep on his right and the goats on his left, the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom has been prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. I was in seminary at Candler School of Theology in Atlanta, and... In our third year of seminary, all of us were assigned to a contextual education location around Atlanta. I was assigned to Metro State Women's Prison, which was a maximum security prison. I was about 22 years old, and I had never before been in a prison. Our assignment was to teach Bible studies and to be available to talk to the inmates. And then, as a class, as seminarians, we met weekly to reflect and to process our experiences at the prison. For that first month, while we gathered as a class, I spent that entire month crying. I was young and tender and innocent, and the prison made me sad. I was meeting people whom I liked, whom I related to in certain ways. And I saw their potential stifled. I also saw lots of black women, more people of color than I had ever seen in one place. And the fact that that place was a prison, it truly broke my heart. So when Jesus said, I was in prison and you visited me, I can't help but remember my time at Metro State Women's Prison and feel all of the feelings I felt then. Maybe that happened to you today when I read our text. Did you remember a time when you fed someone who was really hungry? Did you remember a time when you were the one who quenched someone's thirst? Have you ever welcomed a stranger or welcomed somebody made to feel like a stranger? Have you ever given clothes to someone who was naked? 
Have you ever had the honor to sit with someone who was sick? Maybe even seen them through their time on earth? If so, then you know this passage from Matthew is powerful. Too often we talk about this text in theory. Like Jesus simply meant us to do good in the world, to love kindness and do good works. But really, Jesus was very specific. He asked us to get our hands dirty, to touch, to hold, to stand with the ones who need us the most. Jesus' language was strong. He paints a very clear picture The ways Jesus named to serve others are very personal. They require close proximity to an other. Jesus wants us to stand next to the hungry, to touch the stranger, to share space with the sick and the prisoner. We can't be that close to another human being without feeling the emotions of the situation. This text wants us to feel how hard it is to follow Christ. I love preaching this text during the season of Lent because it brings out the nature of Christ, the one whom we are trying to follow to the cross. Brene Brown is a researcher and psychologist and professor down at the University of Austin. And she said, It makes total sense to me that Jesus would have to be the Son of God because people would want love to be like unicorns and rainbows. So then God sent Jesus. And people were like, Oh, love is hard. Love is sacrifice. Love is eating with the sick. Love is breaking bread with the other. Love is trouble. Love is rebellious. I was listening to this Leonard Cohen song, and it said, Love is not a victory march. It's a cold, and it's a broken hallelujah. Brene said, To me, that made sense. I got it. Love is not easy. Two of the best parents I know are the parents of an adult son who has Down syndrome. His name is Alex. Things were easier for Alex when he was in high school. He had a place. The kids at his high school were really great to him and made room for him. But recently I saw Alex. And he's working at the hospital up in Edmond. And he told me that he wants to be a doctor. And when I saw his mom, I said, hey, Alex told me his plans. What do you say about that? And she said, I say yes. I let others say no. And I nodded, and I said, I got it. These are really good parents, so full of love, but you can see it's a broken hallelujah. 
Love is hard. As much as we might want easy and safe, following Jesus is going to lead us straight into real life. Presbyterian minister Carl Howie tells about an incident that took place on a New York subway. It was winter and an especially cold night, and very few people were on the subway at that time. At each station, the train would screech to a halt and the doors would open, allowing a few people to come and go. At one station, though, a particular woman got on. Her clothes were ragged and dirty, and she was either extremely tired or extremely drunk. As the train lurched forward, she stumbled and fell into a seat and promptly fell asleep. Through the screeching and swaying of the train, she slept with her hands nestled inside two tattered, worn-out gloves. It was hard to see how those gloves so full of holes would help her at all. How could she go anywhere in that bitter cold without freezing her hands? Few people on the train could take their eyes off of this homeless person asleep on the subway, her gloved hands without gloves. But then... A strange thing happened. A young Puerto Rican man got up to get off the train as it slowed to a stop. He had gone uh, to an exit not near him in order to pass by this sleeping woman. And he paused in front of her for a few moments, and then he removed his gloves and laid them on her lap. And then he got off the train. A simple yet beautiful act of love. But don't mishear me. It's not a victory march. It's a cold and it's a broken hallelujah. It's not perfect, but it's real. And I think there are parts of this that we can all relate to, even in our real lives, even with the people we love the most. Our love is incomplete and imperfect, but the love is there. And we are called to reside in this love. Each time we are able to step forward and embrace this messy love to which Jesus calls us, we are doing it for Christ. You did it for me, he said.
you needed proof, you saw her baby. 